So this morning, we get to finish our series in the book of Isaiah. So if you have your Bibles, take them and turn with me to Isaiah chapter 62. We have been looking at the prophecies of Isaiah, and now we get to see with Isaiah all the way through. And as you heard, Kristen do an amazing job holding our kids' attention uh, with the Christmas story. She does a better job than I do, I think, sometimes, keeping kids' attention. But the reality is, is that there are a lot of details to the Christmas story. And so as we remember all of those details, sometimes it's interesting to turn to our kids and to ask them to, to tell us the story again. My son was in school at New Hope Academy up in Franklin when he was in kindergarten. And here's a picture of Liam, the little shepherd. So wasn't he a good looking shepherd? You gotta love those like kids living nativities where they get all dressed up and so it's so fun. And they ask him to retell the story. And so our Christmas gift from him that year uh, was a little frame with this picture in it and his retelling of the Christmas story. Here's what Liam said. The shepherds went to the barn for Christmas to see baby Jesus. God told them to do it. Definitely a preacher's kid. You can tell by that line. Here's where things get a little more complicated. They followed a star to get to where Jesus was born in a stable. The shepherd kept the sheep and feeds them. He didn't bring the sheep with him to see Jesus. And here's where it goes a little dark. A wolf could come. <laughs> or a bear. And then the sheep would get eaten. And would all be gone. And the shepherd would be sad and angry. When they went to where Jesus was, they went inside and gave him gold. The end. That was Liam's version of the Christmas story. Not bad for a five-year-old. Yeah, you can give him a hand, right? He's 14 and a half. I hope he'd do a little better now with the details. But the reality is this. When you begin to dig into the Christmas story, and we've looked at the prophecies We've looked at some of the, the geopolitical climate. We've looked at what was happening in that part of the world during that time. It's easy sometimes for all of those details to overwhelm us. But one of the things I love about the Christmas message is its simplicity. That God made a promise. We celebrate today that God kept that promise. We know God has made more promises that have yet to be fulfilled. And because God's word can always be trusted, we can celebrate in the here and now that those promises will be kept as well. And we can have the confidence to go tell people about them. Isaiah sees all the way through the story. He sees all the way through to the other side, to the establishment of a king and a kingdom that will never pass away, a dominion and a rule and a reign that will never end. And that's what he's talking about in Isaiah chapter 62. Will you stand with me in honor of God's word this morning as we read two verses? And then we'll zoom out and look at the big story and zoom back in as well. Isaiah chapter 62, verses 10 and 11. So go out, go out through the city gates, prepare a way for the people, build it up. Build up the highway, clear away the stones, raise a banner for the peoples. Look, the earth has proclaimed to the ends of the earth. Say to daughter Zion, look, your salvation is coming. His wages are with him and his reward accompanies him. Look, the Lord has proclaimed to the ends of the earth. God proclaimed it to us. Now we get to proclaim it to others. 
Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Pray with me on this Christmas morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you that the story is true, every word of it. That when we could not get to you, the word became flesh and came to us. And this, this is our hope. And so as Isaiah saw the future hope to come, the future establishment of your kingdom where you will reign and rule forever, where there will be no more suffering and no more death. God, we too long for that day. And on this Christmas morning, we declare, come Lord Jesus. It's in his name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated this morning. So a few things for us to ponder today on this Christmas morning. The first is this, is that God kept his promises through Isaiah exactly as he said that he would. My father and my grandfather before him taught me that integrity was keeping your word. Well, God has all integrity because every word that he has ever spoken, he has fulfilled. He has watched over his word to accomplishment. And so throughout this series in Isaiah, we have repeatedly looked at these promises. I want to recap them for you briefly. Maybe you're with us, maybe you're a guest today and you weren't. But nonetheless, it's incredible for us to look back over the story of Scripture in the Old Testament to words written hundreds of years before Jesus was born and realize that Jesus the Messiah perfectly fulfilled every one of them. Isaiah 11:1, 1, a shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. So when the world was a mess, when it looked like a field that had been clear cut, when it looked like there was devastation everywhere, God promised that a seedling, a little shoot from the family tree of Jesse and David, that eventually it would grow and bear fruit. It is that sign of hope that there is the hope of new life because of the Messiah to come. We looked at Isaiah chapter 35, verses four to six, which say, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God, he will save you. That line, do not fear, is repeated through not only the prophecies, but also throughout the Christmas story. The angel tells Joseph, do not fear. The angel tells Mary, do not fear. One of my favorite holiday traditions is watching a Charlie Brown Christmas special. Anybody with me? So, yeah, it is just beautiful in its simplicity. I'll be honest, my kids don't get it, right? They're like, Dad, this thing's kind of slow. It's kind of old school. And I was like, exactly like me, your father, old and you know, slow. But the reality is, it is just a beautiful, simplistic uh, recount of, of Charlie Brown and his friends and their adventures. And, of course, the, the pinnacle of the entire special is when Linus steps up to read the Christmas story from Luke 2. And if you pay close attention, you will see that Linus always has something with him. What is it? His blanket, right? And that blanket represents security. And so he's always holding on to that blanket for security. Well, it's subtle, but if you watch it closely, as he recites Luke 2.10, where the angels say, don't be afraid, Linus drops his blanket, recognizing that our security is in God alone. 
So Charles Schultz, it was his powerful way, right, of subtly reminding us that we don't have to fear anymore. And Isaiah says, the day is coming in which you don't have to fear anymore. Whatever you're holding on to, whatever you're trying to trust for your security in this world, you can let go of it because there is a Messiah coming who you can trust completely. Isaiah prophesies that this Messiah will open the eyes of the blind and the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like deer and the tongue of the mute will sing for joy. His, he will be life-giving and water will gush in the wilderness like streams in a desert. All of those beautiful pictures and symbols of hope for us. Those are God's promises in the Messiah. And we looked, of course, at the famous prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7 that the Lord himself will give you a sign that the virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That powerful reminder that God is with us, that he has come to us in the flesh. And last night we looked at Isaiah chapter 9. The reality that the people walking in the darkness have seen a great light. For a child will be born to us, a son given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And we could go on and on through the prophecies of Isaiah. There are dozens that are fulfilled in the Messiah. There are over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament that were fulfilled in his birth. And so the incredible thing for us is to realize that with all of those promises met, did you realize there are still more promises to come? That this reign and rule forever, that we live in the already but not yet, the already in the coming of Christ, but the not yet in his second coming, the already in the salvation that's available to us because Jesus has come to us, because he's died and because he has been risen again, he has rose again. And so you and I have the opportunity for new life in the here and now, but one day Jesus will return and he'll overturn all the injustice and brokenness of this world. He will bring his light to the, to the darkness. He will change things once and for all forever. And everything that is broken will come undone. And God will heal this world. And he will heal his people once and for all. And so Isaiah speaks about this as well. His dominion is vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and his righteousness from now on and forever. So Isaiah sees this future day when God's kingdom and his glory fill the whole earth. And we love Christmas Day because it's that one day a year that we all set aside to take a break from our normal rhythms and work, to come together with family and friends, to share gifts and presents, to eat our favorite food, to do some of our favorite things, remember some of our favorite traditions. Can you imagine a day in which it's going to be like Christmas forever? That's the picture that Isaiah gives us. He says that's the hope of the coming kingdom. And so Christmas, as we celebrate it, is just a little foretaste of what life in the eternal kingdom is going to be like. And that's the context of the verses that we read. The vindication and restoration of God's people, Isaiah speaks about in Isaiah 62. He talks about how the Lord is going to basically marry the land, bringing joy. He is watching over his word to fulfill it. He will ultimately protect his people. And these verses that we read, are the fulfillment of Emmanuel, that the Lord will come to dwell with his people. 
What Isaiah is giving us is a foretaste of what John speaks about in Revelation chapter 21. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. And then I heard a loud voice from the throne, look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Anybody ready for death, grief, crying, and pain to be no more in this room today? All of that's possible because Jesus came. All of that will come true one day because Jesus came and because he is coming again. So it's God's ultimate plan revealed. That's what Isaiah sees. And that's the hope that he brings to his people. So recognize that God kept his promises then. He is going to keep his promises again. And number two, our second point this morning is this. We celebrate this by building God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So how do we honor Christ in all of this? What do we do with this ultimate reality? Well, we bring his ultimate reality to bear on the world that we're in, in the here and now. During Christmas time, it's always interesting to me, even for people who don't know Christ, how we sing these songs about the longing in our heart for no more war, for a world of peace, for a world in which all of the things that we wrestle and struggle with, right, that those go away, there are these longings in every human heart. And that's an impulse in us that God put deep inside us, I believe, to guide us to him to recognize that in him we can bring his kingdom to bear on the world today. That's in essence what Isaiah is saying in this passage. Verse 10, speaking of the Babylonian captivity. So he's saying, go out, go out through the city gates. In other words, leave your old life behind. Leave your captivity behind. Step away from what you used to know and step into the new life that I have for you. It says, prepare a way for the people. That's a, a sense of urgency there. The Lord is coming soon. So people get ready. And this idea of shalom, the fullness of God's presence, the fullness of his plan is woven throughout Isaiah 62. As this idea comes of a highway in which God's people are gonna walk all the way home, all the way to heaven. And so as I talked about a few weeks ago, and maybe you were with us, maybe you weren't, but there's always an aha for me as a pastor as I study the word. And one of the ahas for me this year was to realize that because of what Jesus has done, because he's already come to us, you and I have our future secure if we're in Christ Jesus. And we can be a people of the future in the here and now because God has given us his spirit. You and I have access to his divine power. And because of that divine power, God can work in and through us. Christ at work within us to make a difference, to bring shalom on earth in the here and now, to bring his kingdom to bear on the people all around us. So as we come to the end of 2022, I celebrate that through you, the church at Station Hill, because we don't go to church, we are the church. And so in and through you, God has done some amazing things. We've seen 75 people come to know Jesus for the very first time as Savior and Lord. We have seen 50 people baptized right there in that baptistry. 
We've seen over 160 of you who have said, I want to be a part of what God's doing. And you've completed the membership process and joined in the life of our church. You've prayerfully seated and God's made a way for us to launch a new work in Columbia. One of my favorite stories from this year was the way that our foster and adoption ministry team began to reach out. And when there was a huge crisis in DCS and the Department of Children's Services, our folks said, not only do we want to continue to bless and support our adoptive and foster families, but we want to look after those workers as well. And just a few weeks ago, we hosted a first-class, world-class Christmas banquet for over 90 DCS workers in Reed Hall to encourage them and bless them. So we put out an Amazon wish list of things that they need for these children when suddenly they're taken out of their homes and put into care. There were 173 items on that wish list, many of them expensive. If you as a church family fulfilled all 173 needs. Well done, church family. Praise God. That's bringing shalom to the here and now. That's saying because Jesus is king and things are broken, I want to bring light to the darkness. I want to bring hope to the hard places. One of my favorite stories from this year is that we have a Sudanese family who's a part of our church. Guy is the dad, I-N is the wife, and it's been fun to watch their family grow as a part of our church family. Guy was one of the lost boys, one of the, the young men orphaned by the Civil War in Sudan who came over here and was adopted by a Brentwood family when he was 18 years old. He was able to find a wife, start his own family. They're a part of our church family. And so a couple of years ago, Guy came to me and shared with me, uh, Pastor Jay, I, I love our church, I love the United States, but I feel like God's put a burden on my heart. One day I wanna go back to Sudan Sudan and plant churches. And so I connected Guy with our church multiplication minister, Fadi. He runs something called the International Leadership Coalition that trains indigenous pastors to reach the various people groups that are here uh, in this part of the country in Middle Tennessee. And so there are about 35, 40 pastors who are with Fadi. That's work that you support by your tithes and offerings to start a Christian witness, to start churches uh, for all of the spoken language groups here in Nashville. And so I'm having lunch with Guy, catching up, and I'm like, Guy, how's it going, you know, with Fadi, you know? We're excited to, to support you as you get trained. And I said, but hey, I noticed you switched services. You, you used to come to the 1030, but now you're at the 9. He said, oh yeah, that's because I met another pastor at the International Leadership Coalition. I said, oh, great. He said, he lives in Murfreesboro. I said, fantastic. He said, so after church at Station Hill on Sunday morning, we drive over there. We've started a church. We have about 35 Sudanese who gather every Sunday to worship and pray. And I was like, we have a Sudanese church plant and I didn't even know about it. Isn't God good? Like you are a part of that work. That's bringing shalom, bringing the gospel to the nations right here in Middle Tennessee. And so praise God for the things that he's doing. A lot of things we don't even know about, how God is working in and through you, but we will see them in eternity. That's the world that Isaiah talks about, when everything is working in the way that God intended. You see, for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, Christmas is not just one day a year. We celebrate Christmas 365 days a year because the word became flesh. Now we get to carry that same truth to broken people, to hurting communities, to opportunities and doors that God opens. So we celebrate building God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And because of that, we get to tell other people about it. Our third point this morning is this, is that we are commissioned to go and tell. 
Notice the language in verse 11. Look, the Lord has proclaimed to the ends of the earth. Say to daughter Zion, look, your salvation is coming. God proclaimed the good news first. He had a plan to bring salvation to us. But now the baton has been passed to you and me. And working in the spirit, we have the chance to go and tell. These little boys and girls up here, when Miss Kristen asked them, how many of you got a present? Y'all's hands shot up. Guess what? The easiest conversation starter for the next week is what? What did you get for Christmas? Because when you get a great gift, guess what? It's natural for you, want to, for you to want to tell somebody about it. And you and I have been given the greatest gift of all. And so evangelism, gospel conversations, that's just the natural overflow of telling somebody about the greatest gift that you have ever been given. And so we hope that in the coming weeks, in the coming year, that as God puts you next to people who are still in the dark, as God puts you next to people who are broken and hurting, you will simply share out of the overflow, having reflected on the gift that Jesus is to you, you get a chance to share out of the overflow of your heart who he is. It foreshadows the great commission in which Jesus commissioned all of us, his disciples, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that he commanded. I love that this ends, this passage in verse 12. It says, and they will be called the holy people, the Lord's redeemed, and you will be called cared for, a city not deserted. As we go back to our home, some of you open gifts, some of you haven't, but there are tags, right, on those gifts that bear your names. Well, the gifts that God gives his people, right, we have these name tags as well, a holy people that we get to pursue Christ's likeness. The Lord's redeemed, that he has redeemed us. I love this title, that you will be called cared for because you have a God and a Savior who cares for you so we can be secure in our identity because this is who we are as God's people. So this Christmas day, brothers and sisters, our world is trouble, but we have true Christian hope because we know where the story goes. We know how the story ends. God allowed Isaiah to see it. So when you feel lost in the details, remember the big story. God made a promise. He kept that promise. He will keep all of his promises. So now you and I get to go tell somebody about it. Will you bow your heads with me this morning as we reflect on the wonders of the Christmas story? A story that's simple enough for kids, but deep enough, powerful enough to change the hardest human heart. And so today, if you're a guest and you're with us and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, there would be no better moment than Christmas Day 2022 to turn from your sin and yourself and to accept him as your Lord. For you, many of you out there, you know Jesus. That's why you're here today to celebrate on the Lord's Day. As the Christ candle is lit in the middle of our room, it's a reminder to us to move ourselves out of the center and to put Jesus in the center of the story. It's the greatest story ever told. It's a story that never grows old. So who are you going to tell? How are your priorities gonna be different? How are you going to be a people of the future, of the kingdom, 
that will reign forever and ever? How are you going to be a people of that kingdom in the here and now? How are you going to bring the light of Christ to others? Don't overcomplicate it, but be moved by it. The down in a lowly manger, our humble Christ was born and he brought us all salvation that blessed Christmas morn. So now we get to go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. We get to go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's close with that hymn as we prepare our hearts to go tell others about the greatest gift we have ever received.